Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, this is RG Takeover Thursday. Uh, we're going to be having a wonderful discussion tonight, and it's going to be insightful. Um, but before we begin, let's just say a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity for us to come here today uh, and be in your midst. We thank you for your here with us. And we commit this conversation that we're going to have tonight into your hands, O oh God. We pray that you will speak through us. Help us to understand what we're going to be talking about tonight. Everybody listen and give them an understanding heart. And Father God, I ask that the Holy Spirit will explain these things to each person in the way that they can apply it for themselves, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for the awesome things you're going to do for us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome to RG, Rising Generation Takeover Thursday. Uh, we're going to be having a wonderful discussion tonight. And um, before we even get started, I'm just going to allow my wonderful panelists, my distinguished panelists, <laughs> to introduce themselves. But before that, I just even want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to come and share some knowledge with us tonight, all right? Okay, so... You may introduce yourselves. I'll go first. My name is Chibuzo Eminari, and uh, I'm very happy to be here. Yes, yes. Good evening, everyone. My name is Chiamaka Ananyo, um, and I'm also super happy to be here. Yep. Hi, my name is Olufe Akiridolu. I guess we're all saying we're happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we're happy. Well, my name is Solomon Anwu. I'm happy to be here. I did not know I was youthful, but hey, I'm yes, yes, going to be now. getting younger today. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So the topic for tonight is um, planning a fruitful year. So we're going to just be talking about some important keys to planning a fruitful year. Um, we know that this is the second month of the new year, 2022, right? And uh, we all have goals, ambitions, endeavors that we want to really achieve this year and um, God is invested even in our goals he wants us to be the best we can be right he wants us to achieve what he's called us to do um, but in order for us to really achieve some of these things uh, we know that practically there are some things there are some ways of efficiency some wisdom keys right that will really allow us to reach our fullest potential because um, things like time management, prioritizing, uh, just the grace of God really is the grace of God, but it expresses itself in wisdom. And he gives that to us for us to be able to apply it and be the best we can be because he gave us life, right? And we honor him back by using it to the best of our abilities. So um, that's some of the things we're going to be talking about. But, you know, the first question I want to ask we know that mindset is very key. Uh, we know the importance of the way you think. You know, the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And it also says that um, guard your heart above all else for out of it, for it determines the, the, you know, the issues of your life or it determines the way, the course of your life. Yes, the course of your life. Thank you. So um, what is one important mindset that you've, realized or you've come to that will be useful useful for you this year 
what is one important mindset that we have? It could be a paradigm shift that you've experienced or like a revelation that God gave you that um, you've then been applying since then, so. Um, I think that an important mindset is to simply know that whatever vision or goal that God has put in your heart, that you can do it, that you can do it. You know, I don't believe that God places um, a goal in someone's heart um, if God does not believe that person has the ability to do it, you know? Um, and, and I think that that's, that's very important. It's very important that we, we have the mindset that, hey, um, um, I can do what God is asking me to do, whether it's being an entrepreneur, you know, starting a new business, uh, doing some kind of new venture, some new project in life. You have to believe it in yourself that, hey, I can do it. God has anointed me to do this thing, you know. Um, I think when it comes to, to accomplishing something, <clears throat> one, of, one of the biggest things that people uh, have to battle with is fear, you know, that they can't do it. And, and how does this develop? Well, they look at this goal, they look at this, this vision that, that God has given them, and then they, they align it up with their own perceived capabilities, you know? And when they look at the two, they say, you know what, I don't think I'm able, you know? That's when fear starts to set in. And when fear sets in, it, it stifles any movement, it stifles any progress, you know? Um, there's a scripture that I love, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. It's from the book of Sam, chapter 1, and it's from verse 1 to 3. Uh, Sam, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. That is fantastic. So what you see here you, you, there, there are two things, you know, two main things that you can, you can take from it. Um, you see that this person that, that this scripture is describing is productive and they are prosperous. You see at the end it says, uh, they are like trees planted along the riverbanks, bearing fruit each season. They're productive. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. They are prosperous, productive and prosperous, productive and prosperous. Now, how, how do they become this way? They become this way by delighting in the word of God, meditating on the word of God, you know, meditating on the word of God regularly. 
You see, I started off by saying, believing that you are able to, to do whatever plan or whatever uh, uh, thing that you desire to do, whatever goal that God puts in your heart. Um, when you look at a scripture like this, or any of the, the scriptures in the Bible, it, it's very important to meditate on it. And, and I'm just gonna go on a, a slight tangent when it comes to meditation. Um, meditation, meditating on the word, it's like, it's like chewing gum. It's like chewing gum. If you take a piece of gum and you just put it in your mouth and just suck on it, you're not gonna get much of the flavor from it. But if you chew on that piece of gum, all the flavors, the juices really start to come out. It's the same thing with meditating on the word of God. You're chewing on the word with your mind. You know, thinking about it often, imagining the word being applied to your life, daydreaming about it. You know, that's how you really allow that word to start really being planted in your core. And you start to believe that, hey, I am a productive person. I am a prosperous person. And so when the new year comes and you feel that God is putting a vision in your heart, you know that, hey, whatever I lay my hands to do will prosper. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. Just to, uh, just yeah. to add to that, um, one important point that um, helps me to be able to set goals and then push, uh, and also to pursue those goals is courage. And um, that courage or the um, audacity is derived from faith. And for me, it's knowing that I am a son of a king. Therefore, I am royalty, right? My dad could do anything. If you wanted to go to any school, he could pay for it. But that's my earthly dad, right? But the God, our father, is the owner, is the creator of the whole universe. He owns all things, right? So when you have courage, but that just having courage, deriving your courage from faith, knowing fully well that the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that helps me to like the beginning of the year. I mean, we, we're talking about, you know, a different context here. We're talking about a year, but it could be anything in your life. It could be you setting uh, an agenda for yourself that, hey, you know what? This week, I would like to achieve this, this, and that, right? Or you're starting a new decade and say, hey, you know what? In the... 2000s, I did this, but now we're going in the, in the 20s. I want to do this. Um, but having that courage, knowing fully well that, you know what? I can do all things. My dad is a king, right? Therefore, if I set the goal and he, he got my back, it doesn't matter what the tuition is, right? For that college that I'm going to. If, um, even if they raise it tenfold, he could afford it. And having that courage... Um, the audacity to go out there and say, you know what, that this is what I want to do. Knowing fully, he always got your back. Praise the Lord. Um, praise the Lord. So for me specifically in the past year, what I've learned is actually three part. Uh, I know that we're talking about one component of our paradigm shift, but for me it was three part. And the first part was that um, carrying out goals 
requires a level of self-discipline, diligence, and intentionality. And that self-discipline is already available through the Holy Spirit. As you all said, like, we have the courage, right, to move forward with our goals. We are connected to uh, Jesus Christ, so we have the ability to carry out our goals. But it's also up to us to be diligent and intentional about doing those things. Which leads me to my next point, with, which is, in order to be successful, you have to set yourself up for success. So in my own life, um, last year I had this fitness goal. And for me, like, I have a history of ghosting my trainers. So my trainers would text me, like, hey, Chiamaka, are you ready for this week's um, workout? And I'll be like, do not disturb. I'm not going to answer you. So um, to set myself up for a success this year, I actually hired my cousin. And I can't, like, my cousin, I can't ghost my cousin. She knows where I live. Like, she will find me. Right. <laughs> she will find me. So, um, and then there were other little things that I had to do to get to that goal. For example, um, preparing my workouts when I'm not training with her or setting up uh, my gym bag before I go to bed so that I can't have the excuse of, oh, I'm running late for work. So in or that's the second point. In order to be successful, set yourself up for success. And the third point that I learned is that God does care about the little things because he planned the little things. He cares about your goals. And you can go to him and talk to him um, as you're planning out your year. You're having a dialogue with God. So those are the three things I learned, and I'll definitely talk more about it. Um, but praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, so just to recap what we've talked about so far. So um, you talked about the importance of being intentional mm. with our goals. And you talked about the fact that courage, the, your courage comes from um, knowing your father, yeah. knowing who God is, the one that strengthens us to be yeah. able to do what we need to do. And um, Dr. Chibuzo also talked about um, prosperity, prosperity that comes from meditating on the word of God, the importance uh, and, the, and the power we get from that word. So awesome, awesome. Lufa, do you want to share with us about your mindset? Uh, yeah, so the mindset for me that uh, God has been teaching me about is understanding the difference between purpose and passions, right? Um, so a lot of us, especially us millennials, we have a lot of passions, right? You know, I love to do makeup. I love to dance. I love to do this. I love to do that. I love to do a lot of things. But in the midst of trying to chase after all of these passions, a lot of times we miss out on purpose, Right, um, and for me, that in this year materialized in God saying, you need to sit down and add, there's so many things that you're involved in, but what do I want you to be involved in? Whether it's for this year or for the next five years or for, you know, because there was a time when, you know, being a part of Rising Generation Church, for example, was I just love event planning. You know, I love to do it. That's my passion, right? And that's how it started. But then there came a point where it was, God saying, I have called you to be in Rising Generation Church. This is what I want. So it's no longer, you know, so the moments where I don't feel like planning an event, I can't just be like, peace out, I'm out. It's like, this is a purpose that God has placed before me. So I have to do the work that, it needs, that needs to be done because it's no longer just something I love to do. It's something that I am called to do. It's something that is an assignment that God has given me. And also God opening my eyes to understand that he'll back up his purpose. He's not necessarily, he, he doesn't have to back up your passions. So if today I'm like, you know, I just want to be a makeup artist. But why? Did I ask you to be a makeup artist? Like what? Like, where did that even come from? 
right? And we spend so much time trying to chase our passions that we forget that there's purpose that we need to fulfill, that we need to identify and we need to focus on. So for me, just understanding and narrowing down what are the things in my life that I am called to do and what are the things that I can let just slide. You know, I can do my makeup and be cute every Sunday. That's fine. You don't have to do it for everybody else, right? You need to narrow down, okay, what is God calling me to do as a person? And that allows you to even be better at time management because you drop all these other things that you weren't even supposed to be doing in the first place. And you can truly focus on what God has actually called you to do. And it, it becomes less about, like, I have to prioritize 75 things, and it's, oh, no, I only have one thing. And that's all I have to focus on. I love that. So you're stressing the importance of, you know, what God actually called you to do because God had a purpose for each person from before he even, you know, formed you in your mom's womb. So we're, you're already jumping ahead talking about prioritization. That's awesome. Okay, so um, another thing we're going to talk about. So we know that these days everybody's so busy. You know, we have so many things that we're doing. Uh, we have family. We have wife and kids, um, career, business, even side hustle, you know. You have so many, so many different things that we're doing. So how do we go from day to day practically? Like how could a Christian be effective from day to day? Um, what are some strategies that you know that you use maybe um, that helps you to be your most efficient self? You know, some people use planners, um, reminders, whatever it may be. So just share with us. Okay. Um, I guess for me, uh, what I started to realize is understanding my own limitations, right? Okay, and I'll explain. Whenever I say, you know, I'm going to use a planner, I'm going to put it in my calendar, I'm going to do all these things, it's a lie. It's a lie. It never works for me, right? So the Lord, I'm going to say the Lord, he provided me with a human calendar, right, <laughs> that I just tell <laughs> all my things so I'm like I have to do this on Monday and this on Tuesday and somehow she remembers everything which works for me but the bigger picture there is that like for me knowing that I can't do everything alone I need help right that is the way I've been able to like efficiently like live life it's being able to outsource whatever I need to some of us where we get caught up and I have to do this by myself you know I have to do take care of my family, take care of this and take care of that. You know, if you have money to hire a cleaner, hire a cleaner, man. If you have money to hire a cook, hire a cook. If you feel like, do what you need to do to, so that you can focus on what's important, the things that are not really important, you can outsource, right? Even like when God, Moses was carrying the weight and he was telling God, these Israelite children, they are trifling, they're complaining all the time, they're annoying, and God was like, okay, from the spirit I have on you, I'm going to give it to other people to serve as helpers for you, for the people of Israel. He couldn't carry it alone. We can't go through life alone. Even Jesus, he needed his disciples, right? If Jesus could go through the world alone, and if that's the way God wanted us to live, he wouldn't have had disciples, but they were there for a specific reason. When he went up to pray, he was like, let me take my three best friends, even though they ended up sleeping, which, you know, it's fine. It's a topic for but another the, day. That's a topic for another day. But they were there to help him out, right? Even the disciples and them appointing deacons and things like that. We can't go through life alone. It's easier. The burden gets lighter when you understand that you have resources around you 
to help you carry the weight and the responsibility of a lot of things that you're trying to do on your own. It makes life a lot, at least for me, it's made life a lot simpler being able to rely on people to carry the things that, or things that I'm just not even good at. You know, there's a big picture in Rising Gen. We have spiritual development leader. We have the welfare person. We have the admin person. We have the event planners. We have different people. Because when you're surrounded by all of those people, you're able to live very efficiently because other people are doing the things that they're good at and you're focusing on just what you're good at. Okay, so that, that kind of calls for knowing yourself too. Um, like you said, everybody has their strengths. So you know what you're more equipped at doing and then it takes like a family, you know, like we say, it takes a village. So um, you, you can assign, you could even delegate, you could delegate tasks to other people that may be better at this particular thing and they will carry it out um, more efficiently. So, okay, thank you for that tip. Yeah, like uh, Olufe said, um, what works for someone may not work for another person. Um, there is no one size fits all because what works for me may not work for you. I learn differently. Um, when I study, I write things down. And when I'm writing it down, it's going in. And then once I'm done, I throw away the paper. It's already in, right? So for me, but for other party, another person, it may not work. Because for you now, you probably have to learn with pictures. Or you have to learn in a different way. So for me, planning, I write things down, right? And uh, when I write things down, Believe it or not, on a daily basis, I wake up, write this down, write this down. I have a family, so kids are gonna, things are gonna come up and then they're gonna throw you off, right? Of course. So what, what do you write down? Huh? What do you write down? I write down exactly what I wanna achieve today, right? So, of course, you know, those of us who are married, you know that you could plan things and then you end up going with your wife to the shopping mall and then it ends up taking five hours, right? <laughs> so, Dr. Chibuza, is that true? So, but planning, uh, knowing fully well that, you know, uh, with that planning, I, I leave some wiggle room, knowing fully well my wife is in the picture, right? Because that extra time at the mall is going to happen. But uh, as I'm um, achieving those goals and I'm checking them off, I have a book. It's amazing. I'm checking it. But it may not work for somebody else. And also be, being able to, with that planning, being able to, like, shut off distractions. When the phone, the phone call comes in that you know, hey, this phone call was not planned and it's not an emergency, do not answer the call because your whole day is going to be thrown off. That works for me. It may not work for you, but... That then it goes back to you doing a self-assessment of yourself as to what works best for you. Praise the Lord. For me, um, I'm similar to you, Namdi. So I actually have to wake up early in the morning and like plan my day, have my devo devotionals, and that gets me in the mindset of like achieving my goals for the day. So um, when I don't wake up early, I feel like my whole day is off. Like, I don't know what's going on. So in addition to doing that, I also write down my to-do list. And I also utilize my phone. So Siri is my best friend. Mm -hmm. I'll tell her to schedule appointments, birthdays, events. And that way, I'm able to prioritize um, necessary things for the upcoming week. And also remember, because in the nature of my work, I'm always ingesting information. So I can't possibly remember every single detail of my day. So I utilize my notebook. And I also utilize um, Siri to help me be organized throughout the day. 
And my question with the using notebooks, so do we like carry that notebook around or do we write it, you know, how do we move around with it? Because let's say, let's say I wrote down all the things I need to do today and then I go somewhere. How do I remember all those things I wrote down? So regarding that, I think um, personally, I use uh, uh, a small sticky note, you know, and I'll write out the different things that I want to do with a little uh, box, you know, in front of each of them. So when I've completed that task, I check it off. Um, and that's easy, you know, you just take that piece of paper, put it in your pocket, refer back to it, you know, every now and then uh, to make sure that you're, you're accomplishing the goals that you want to accomplish. But I kind of want to touch on what Olufes said about how you uh, can rely on other people to help make sure that you're staying on task. Do you know that you can rely on the Holy Spirit yep. to help you stay on task? I do it regularly, you know. It's not just me writing out the different little goals that I have during the day, um, but the Holy Spirit will say, hey, remember, you have to do this. Um, work on it now, you know, because the Holy Spirit sees the future. You know, he knows that if, if I do this now, then when something comes up unexpected, I would have taken care of it. We're only human. We, don't, we can't see two inches in front of our nose. The Holy Spirit knows the future. He knows how the day will go. He knows how the, the, the different turns, the different things that will, that will occur, you know. So um, every morning, you know, when I pray, I commit the day, you know, to God's hands. And while I do have my own list, I'm always sensitive, checking in with the Holy Spirit, who is, is making sure that I'm, I'm on task, who bring to remembrance things, hey, you said you wanted to do this. Oh, do this. You have a break right now. Here's an opportunity to call this person or do, oh, yeah, I wanted to do that, you know? So the Holy Spirit, get this, the Holy Spirit is not just interested in the major things in life. No, he wants to be involved, even in the small details, you know, the small stuff. So if you invite him in to, to, to be involved, he will be. Awesome. I like that, the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit is definitely like our best friend in any any area. Like it doesn't matter. It could even be something creative, you know. Whether it's a hobby, the Holy Spirit could even still help you in such a thing. So that's one thing I love about the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we're gonna move on to our um, our next question. So um, one challenge that a lot of people face when it comes to being productive is procrastination. You know, people want to be great. They, they want to, you know, they want to achieve, but sometimes procrastination kind of gets to people. So how can somebody overcome the challenge of procrastination in their life? Uh, a lot of ways. <clears throat> First of all, before you look at procrastination, you have to look at what's causing it in that particular situation, right? A lot of times it has to do with fear. And for me, the opposite of fear is faith. Right? But that faith, according to James, the book of James, chapter 2, verse um, uh, 14, faith also without work, it's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? So when you have faith, you have to take that first step for God to set that emotion. You have to be the one to take the step, right? Um, so I think fear is a factor that stops a lot of people from doing, taking that first step. Um, 
maybe because their their faith is not at the level where they could take that uh, you know courageous um, step. Now, the fear comes from the factors in your environment. You look at all the people who have done it before and how they failed miserably, but. I have that courage and I have that faith that, you know what, if they're failed, I don't know who their father is. I don't know who they believe, but I know who I believe. So faith is something that carries you. I don't care who has done it before. I don't care who has traveled down this road before, but I'm going to travel down this road no matter what. And when you shut all of that off, it's going to help you to stop dragging your feet, if you may. Praise the Lord. You know, um, procrastination, it's a real thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I deal with that. I think to some extent we all do, you know. You know, when I think about procrastination, um, it's, it's, there, there are three aspects to it, you know. Um, there's the aspect of your desire, you know, your self-will, where you say, I need to do this task, but I don't feel like it. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I prefer to be watching TV. There's the aspect of fear, just as my brother just said. I need to do this task, but I'm afraid I might fail. Yeah. You know, so there's self-will, there's fear. And then the third thing is really underestimating the required time it takes to complete that task. You understand what I'm saying? Um, I can be, say that I'm in college and there's a paper I have to write and I have to turn it in by tomorrow at a specific time. I may procrastinate and say, "Eh, let me finish playing video games or watching this movie. The paper will only take me one hour to write. That's a lie. <laughs> when, you, when you get to, when you actually get down and you start working on the paper, you find that it takes you the entire night. Yeah. I am talking from experience. Yes. You know? So, so th- those are the three things I look at. You know, there's desire or self-will, the fear of failure, and then underestimating uh, the time it'll take to, to accomplish the tax. So, um... How do we overcome procrastination? Well, um, if you look at it from those three points, you can start off by one. Overestimating the amount of time it'll take to to complete the task. Um, An example, you know, I'm I'm married, I have have two kids now, and um, something as simple as waking up on Sunday morning to go to church. In the past, I used to underestimate the amount of time it would take to get my two, my two kids ready so that we can all head out, you know? Uh, my wife and I, um, whoever wakes up first, you know, they'll, they'll you know, get out of bed and start taking care of the kids while the other one is kind of dragging a little bit. But, um, you know, before I, I used to say, oh, it'll just take 30 minutes. They're just two kids. Ha! Huh. No, it takes much longer than that. And so I find that if I overestimate the time it takes to complete the task, then it's better for me 
if, if, I, if I complete it, you know, in a short amount of time. That leaves more time for me. So that's one thing. Overestimate the amount of time it'll take to, to get the job done. Number two, as, as Nike says it, just do it. Just start it. Yeah. Just start it. You find that if, you, if, you, if there's an assignment or an at- a task that you have to do and you just start it, that somehow there's a momentum that keeps you going. You know? And, and a lot of times that momentum is able to help you complete the task. Whether, whether you're, you're, you're fearing that you're not able to, to, to get it done or you just don't feel like it, a lot of times you just have to say within yourself, okay, stop what I'm doing, I gotta do it. You start it and you keep working at it hey, and the thing gets done, you know? Um, I think uh, Namdi, you know, spoke very well about, about the fear aspect of it. You know, I think that, that um, you know who you are in Christ. And, and when you have that mentality about yourself, no job is too difficult. Something practical that can, that can help somebody who has this uh, fear of failure, you know, that's stopping them from even starting. Instead of looking at the big picture, because the big picture may be formidable, You know, the big picture may seem formidable. Instead of doing that, take this big project, break it up into smaller tasks, you know? And then each day you say, okay, I'm just going to take care of this one task. Each day I take care of this one task, this one task. After a while, you'll look back and you'll see that you have climbed over a mountain. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? I agree. So I think that... um, Procrastination, one, is very real. We all deal with it. But it is certainly something that can be overcome. Like, I like the fact that you talked about that. We um, human beings deal with procrastination because I think it's probably a part of the flesh, you know, that, that nature. Um, so I think I like what you talked about with breaking down the tasks. And, you know, the Bible says that good planning leads to good planning and hard work leads to prosperity and um, hasty shortcuts leads to poverty. <laughs> so <laughs> the way Proverbs will be hitting you with, you know, some hard stuff. But, yeah, so good planning, you know, breaking it down to steps. You get this one done today. You get this one done today. And before you know it, you'll be done. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I also want to add um, the fear factor that I talked about. Um, a weight wolf. Um, overcome that is also being self-awareness, being self-conscious, knowing fully well that when that voice comes, that fear factor that is stopping you from doing something, if you know that that voice comes and like, oh, just oh, why don't you wait a little bit, you know, watch TV, uh, take a nap, tap yourself, you know what, get up, that's the voice of the devil. Then you just pick yourself up and go. Because when you go, You'll be amazed. The energy will come. I've been in situations where a lot of times you wake up in the morning like, oh, I'm dragging my feet. I don't want to go to work today. Let me just call out, right? You're tired. But the minute you call your, you pick up your phone and call your, 
your job and say, yeah, I'm going to be off today. I'm not feeling well. The, you know, the, you become stronger. But you know what I'm saying? You become stronger and then you go about watching TV. You may not even rest for the rest of the day. The next minute, you're probably driving off to the supermarket. But guess what? It's the devil or the fear factor that I was telling you. Just call out, call out. Because it, so we have to be self-aware. And, you know, what, you know, the first step in healing yourself on, you know, anything is just being self-conscious of what that is. You diagnose the problem. The solution is already there. Praise the Lord. Like we have a spirit of self-discipline, a spirit of power that allows us, you could even speak to yourself and be like, you know what, I'm not going to, no, I'm not going to allow this. And, um, you know, you just challenge yourself to do it. Yep. And we can do it. Absolutely. So that's awesome. I think for me, understanding that life is like a domino effect, right? So if you procrastinate on one thing, everything else goes out of place. You can't buy back that time, right? If you miss one time point, everything else, you have to now start, okay, now I have to make up this one and make up that one and make up this one. Then you're stressed, you're running around, you're doing things that you didn't even need to be doing, right? So for example, so we had this like target point for like the RG leaders, right? You have to submit everything you need for Sunday by the Sunday prior. Latest, Thursday. Right, so I knew I was supposed to make a video, right? I'm like, okay, Adana, I will get it to you by Thursday. Ladies, I promise. Sunday came, I'm gonna do it Monday. Monday came, I usually work in the afternoon, so I was like, I'll do it in Monday morning before I go to work. I woke up, I was like, you know what, I'm not really feeling this today. Monday went, didn't do it. Tuesday came, same thing. Wednesday came, same thing. Today's Thursday. I'm like, I have to give this video to Adana today. If I don't give it to her today, one, that's also now your reputation is on the line. You've told people that you're going to deliver, but because you lack discipline, now you can't deliver. Now people can't trust you. So like, so it's, it starts to, it affects me, your character, and then I was like, okay. Then in my head, I started to think, okay, what am I gonna tell her? I need to make up a story. I need to tell Adana to basically make her feel sympathetic towards me. And then, you know, she'll tell me you can give it to her on Saturday. But as I think, I'm like, see, now you're planning to lie. You are making up a story in your own head. You're planning the lie. So this is not even like a lie that caught you off guard. This is a lie that you like anticipate, you prepare the story. The script is written. I already know, okay, if she, if she tells me this thing, if I say, oh, Adana, can I get an extension? She says, no, I already have the story. You know, I wasn't really feeling well. You know, work was busy. Like now you are saying, okay, now you are saying you are not feeling well. You are calling sickness into your life. Like you, it's so many things that you have to do just because you chose not to wake up at 8.15. <laughs> And when you start thinking about like how it could have taken a completely different approach. So when I started thinking about it, I was like, okay, Olufe, you're playing games. Now you're playing games. I just, I, literally, like I said, I got up, I took like my iPad, my laptop. I had to leave my room. I went to like Ora's like office area. I was like, okay, let me sit here. Because it's hard for you to be watching TV here because the chair is not even comfortable. So I sat and I had to do what I had to do because I was like, I have to send her this video because I said I was going to do it. So if you, if you start to realize that you not being disciplined in one area affects so many other areas of your life. It affects the way people will see you, 
right? And then next time you're like, oh, why doesn't Adana believe me when I say I'm, because the last three times you told her you were gonna send the video on Thursday, you didn't. So it's think about life in the bigger picture. Whatever you miss now, whatever deadlines you miss now because you couldn't be discippointed enough because, and realistically speaking, it's also because you're lazy. And sometimes we need to accept it's because you were lazy. Then you start to make up excuses in your own head to justify your own behavior. So think about the bigger picture. Like life is a domino effect. Your procrastination now has way more like bigger repercussions than you might think right this minute. It can prevent you from graduating to 4.0 GPA because that paper that you thought you were gonna write in one hour, then you didn't do your proper citation and then they accused you of plagiarism and then now you <laughs> had to quit college. And like, it's so many things, okay? It's so many things. Just, yeah, so basically don't procrastinate is what I'm saying. <laughs> You all pretty much said everything, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want to add something yeah. uh, uh, back to what Olufe said, right? Um, we, as human beings, right, we like to show integrity, right? Meaning you don't like to disappoint. But we disappoint ourselves a whole lot. So the integrity that we are projecting, which is outward integrity, you also have to hold yourself responsible and you know, I have to hold that integrity to myself. So that means I have to be accountable to myself, not just accountable to people because it's gonna be embarrassing if I don't hand in that work at eight o'clock. But be embarrassed to yourself also if you don't meet your own, your own commitment. So holding yourself accountable is another way of overcoming that. I like that, I like that. Okay, so, um. We've talked about procrastination. Um, another thing that is important is also prioritization, right? Yep. Um, there's so many things that we could be doing. Um, if you want, you know, your, your friend could call you like right now and just start talking to you and it, that, that conversation could really take like two hours. You guys could be catching up for two hours or you know, you could, if you want, some people play video games, you know, you could play Madden for two hours, three hours. There's so many different things that we can be doing. So how do we prioritize correctly? Because at the same time, we still have some things that are absolutely um, important for us to do. Uh, the Bible says that it is required of a steward to be faithful. So how do we prioritize correctly? So I actually have a framework, um, if they can pull it up. So it's called the Eisenhower Matrix. Um, yeah, I'm a visual learner, so I like pictures. So the Eisenhower Matrix was actually developed by Dwight D. Eisenhower, who was the president of the United States. And he was also known as one of the most efficient people in office. And how he like categorized his issues was based on urgency and importance, right? So if we look at the screen, based on the quadrants, right? We have the first quadrant that says urgent and important. And that's something that you do as soon as possible. That like, for example, you have a paper that's due tomorrow. Do it now. Don't wait, please. Don't wait till 11.58, please. Um, and then you have not urgent and important. Those are things that you can do later that you can schedule and plan for, right? And then we have urgent and not important that I call it the mind your business quadrant. Like, you don't have to be involved. You can actually delegate that work to someone else. For example, one uh, a stakeholder or a teammate from another team has an urgency, it does not involve you at all, but they just need somebody to help them out. You know the right resources, you know your deadlines, you don't have to get involved, you can delegate that to someone else. 
And the last uh, quadrant is not urgent and not important. And that's like distractions, entertainment, Netflix, Instagram, a big one. And it doesn't mean that you can't get involved, right? But you limit the amount of time that you use, that you spend on those um, time suckers. So this, of course, I'm not saying like with every decision that you make, you start making a two by two grid, like, okay, urgent, important. But this could be a great framework in, in approaching the different things that you have on your plate and figuring out which, which is a priority in addition to working with the Holy Spirit. Because there will be plenty of things in that urgent, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and that urgent and important quadrant that you would have to address. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. He will guide you and remind you of all truth and, and show you how to deal with the things that you have to approach every day. Okay, so I might, I might have to um, start using this, this quadrant. You know, um, Olufe just said something uh, under her breath. Uh, she said TikTok. Gosh, I love TikTok. Now, <clears throat> you know, this, this may not directly answer the question about um, how do you prioritize, but in the grand scheme of our discussion tonight, we live in a world of social media, you know, and there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's TikTok, there's YouTube, I mean, there's, there's everything, you know. And these things, you know, my wife and I, we rec recently watched um, this documentary called The Social Dilemma. Um, and we've learned that these different uh, uh, programs, they, they're actually developed to suck away your time, yep. to take your time. I mean, TikTok, oh, that's an excellent example. I remember one time, I was just kind of scrolling through TikTok, watching the videos. Time was flying by. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a husband and a father in my home. My, my children need my attention. No, I'm just TikTok. That thing will suck your time yep. away. Absolutely. So it is, it is of, of great importance to be mindful of the effects of social media, you know, in, in terms of planning, in terms of, of developing your, your, your schedule, um, prioritizing, like, hey, this is a priority. I need to put this away. You know, I need to not be focusing on Facebook or Instagram for hours and hours. You understand what I'm saying? So um, social media, it is a big thing. And we, we, we must be very mindful of, the, of, the, of that, you know. I think when you use social media well, like going off on that point, because social media does have good um, use. Like people use social media to network, to grow in their career, to find out about different conferences and events. But when it gets to a point where it's driving you away from your purpose and it's distracting you, that's when you actually have to get off. And that's what I experienced last year. At the end of the year, I would spend 75% of my day just scrolling, living in people's lives, <laughs> watching highlights of other people, and then time is just passing me by. The, the different things God put on my heart to complete, they're collecting dust on the side. So it, it's really important to be wise about how do you utilize the tool, because every tool can be good if you utilize it the right way, um, but it's, it's really important to be mindful of how you use them. Um, in accomplishing your purpose. So how you prioritize, uh, I came up with a smart, it's a, it's a model. If you could put that up, um, it's called uh, a smart model. And uh, this could help anyone in whatever you do in your life. It doesn't matter, not just for planning, 
It could be for setting goals from the beginning of the year. It could be you setting the goal for the day, uh, the week, or whatever the case might be. But this SMART model is um, just um, all of the letters stand for something. Each one of them stands for something. So S, for example, it stands for specific, right? Um, you have to be specific. Um, if you come up at the beginning of the year, you say, I want to buy a car this year, right? Be specific. What type of car are you buying? And how much is your range? How much are you willing to spend? And um, don't be vague about it. Because if you're vague about it, right, anything goes. So that means whatever car, because you just want to buy a car, whatever car, you, you might overpay or underpay. That means now, November, I haven't bought that car. That means any junk that you see, you just want to buy it just because I want to buy a car. But if you plan ahead, there was something that Pastor Chinedu said one time. When you, when you start driving a BMW or Mercedes-Benz, right? When you drive on a highway, things that you didn't used to notice before, now you start noticing people who drive the same car. But that's the spirit of God. Because once you set that emotion, that's the spirit of God giving you ideas about where you're headed. Now, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. What it tells you is this, right? Be careful for nothing, but in all. Just ask what you want. So you have to be very, very specific. When you're setting your goal, it's also asking. Because when you're setting that goal, you're asking God, please back me up. And he's, he's already settled 2,000 years ago. He's there. The minute you gave your life to Christ, he's already backing you up. Now, the M, which stands for measurable. So you have to be able to measure your progress. Not just setting the goal and then say, okay, hey, you know, I want to grow spiritually. First of all, it's not specific. What do you mean spiritually? Um, what do you mean by that? You have to be specific, uh, specific first, and then you start measuring yourself. Um, there's um, a scripture in the Bible where it says um, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. It's in the Bible. It says, examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Just like back to what we were talking about earlier, you could fail yourself. And when you fail, you fail yourself, um, you should be disappointed in yourself. That means holding yourself accountable. Test or measuring yourself is not just about you um, taking a test in the classroom. It also has to do you, do, you doing, uh, you know, self-examination of myself. Am I making progress? I wanted to grow up spiritually, right? But that means what? Okay, I want to start reading my Bible once a day. Are you doing that? That's how you measure yourself and hold yourself accountable. Or before you used to pray probably once a day. But you set that goal for yourself. Test yourself and look back. Self-examination. When you drive distance and you look in the rearview mirror and you see where you've traveled, am I making progress? On Friday, you check yourself. Look back. From Monday through Friday, have I done what I'm supposed to? That means holding yourself accountable. Now, achievable and realistic. These two can be, it could be a little dicey, right? Because... 
They both have to do with faith. What is achievable? What do you define as what is achievable and what do you define as what's realistic? Um, scripturally, it has to do with faith. What might be realistic for you may not be realistic for somebody else because their faith is not there yet. Right? So you have to be, you make sure the goal that you're setting for yourself is achievable based on what your faith is able to carry. Uh, according to the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 23, it tells you that if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, right, you could move mountains. You could tell to this mountain, just be that removed and be cast yonder, and it will happen. Right? But knowing yourself with your level of faith, and knowing yourself that, you know, your faith, you may not be able to cast out, you know, move that mountain. So you have to be realistic to yourself based on what your faith is able to carry. Now, if you don't have faith, then what do you do? That means, because that means you have to build your faith. How do you build that? The Bible says faith comes uh, from hearing and hearing by the word of God. You build your faith. Over time, things that you didn't used to believe before. You never believed that you could be a manager or you never believed that you could be this. You are going to be able to do that. So that ties to being achievable and realistic. Um, some of the achievability also has to do with um, someone who wants to have a baby. Being realistic about it is that you know for a fact that a woman has to be pregnant for nine months. Having it in six months is not going to be realistic. So you have to be honest to yourself. So that's not being realistic. And that's not achievable either. And now the last one, it has to be time-based, right? That goal that you're setting for yourself, it has to be set within a time frame. Within a week, a month, a year, it's not just setting the goal and then there's no way to measure it. Because then you're not holding yourself accountable. And it's a last, um, the last slide, um, which... Um, I talked about ready for the sacrifice. Um, setting your priorities, you have to be ready for the sacrifice as well. Uh, if you look in um, the book of um, Luke chapter um, Luke chapter 14, verse 28, right? It tells us that, just a moment, 14, verse 28. It tells you, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it? So you have to know the cost um, and also be able to uh, make that sacrifice. So what does that mean? What does it look like in, in our day-to-day lives? Um, like we talked about Facebook, for example. You, you, know, you stay there watching, uh, you know, millionaires, you know, making money while you're sitting back and wasting your own time, right? The opportunity cost of you achieving certain goals or the sacrifice is to cut down on the time you're spending on Facebook. Now, the opportunity cost of, for example, you achieving uh, a degree or master's degree or whatever, you know, course, of, you know, that you would like to uh, go, it has to do with you cutting down sleep. If you sleep 10 hours a day, just cut it down to like eight hours. That's the opportunity cost of you doing that. So if you put all that in play, you know, into play, the smart model, and then knowing fully well the, 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 the cost, 
The opportunity cost, what are you losing from doing this, right? What are you cutting down from? Then you'll be able to set yourself to a phenomenal success. I, I know I took a lot of time there, but that's just um, out of the abundance oh. of the heart, the mouth speaks, the mouth right? Speaks, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's wonderful. I, love, I like that. Um, that's smart model. I would like to even um, apply that myself. Um, so one thing I'm going to ask you guys, like, we know that um, it's necessary. Is it necessary really to have a vision for the year? Because um, we know what we want to achieve, but like, should we have a specific vision and do we need to write it down, the vision that we have for the year? Or do we need to like even um, have a goal for each day? How do we go about that? Is it necessary? Um, I think it's important to have a vision for your life. And I don't necessarily think the vision for your life changes every year. I think every year you have um, different, like it's like based on the overall vision of your life, there's different checkpoints that you have, mm -hmm. right? Okay, I want to graduate college in five, no, it's not five, four, four years. In four years, I want to graduate college. You know, okay, freshman year, I need to take X amount of classes. Yep. Your vision for the year doesn't change. It's still, I want to graduate in four years, but every year there's a different action item that you have to take to get yourself to the overarching vision that you have for your life, right? And kind of the example that I have is like, so when God, in Genesis 1, God's ultimate goal was I need to create Adam. That was the end point, right? But every day there was a different thing he created and everything built upon itself till it got to Adam. If he had started, I know we all know this, if he had started from Adam, what was Adam going to eat? Right? Was Adam going to be swimming? He would have to, it would have had to be a fish because the water <laughs> was not separated from the land. Also, he couldn't see because there was no light. Like there would have been so many things that were out of place. So God's ultimate vision was there. He wanted to create man so that he could fellowship. But there's different steps that he had to take to get to that point. So I think even us as, as young people or old people, whichever, whichever people you are, it's important to have a vision for your life. You, you go to God and you're like, okay, God, what, what is it that you want out of me? Like what, there's an overarching purpose that we all have, which is to bring other people to Christ as much as we've learned to know Christ. But there's a role that you play. So you have to take the time to ask God, what is the role that I play? And I think if, you, if you're right, I think you have to write it down. The Bible even says you got to write the vision, make it. But if you don't write it, no matter how, I don't know, your brain is sharp, you know, your Einstein, you will forget. You have to write it down because that's the way you can keep yourself on track. If, even if you're not like a daily writer, but there, there has to be somewhere where it's like, okay, this is what God wants from me. And I, I can go back and I can always reference it no matter what happens. I can go back and remember the day, the scripture, whatever it is that you need to remember. But you have to have a vision for your life. And if, if you don't have it yet, I think it's important to go to God and say, hey, pops, like, what do you want me to do? And then figure out the building blocks to get to that vision. That can change every year. Because as you achieve something, you've already crossed that off. Next and then you keep crossing and you keep going onto the next and onto the next thing. But your vision for your life, I don't think that changes every year, or at least I don't think it should. Um, I want to look at it from the flip side. Um, not having a vision for, for your life or even for the year. What does that look like? You know, 
it, it looks like you're just kind of whatever will be, will be. That's your mindset. You know, you wake up every morning, you know, you live your life on day to day, week by week, month by month, um, just kind of experiencing life as it comes to you. You know, and if, if God has created every person with a purpose, you're wasting time. You're living your life day to day without any, any driving purpose that, that lets you say, okay, this is what I need to do, you know? So <clears throat> whether it's, it's having a vision for the year or just as Olufes said, for, for your life, purpose for your life, and then uh, um, doing the various things that still add towards that main purpose, there must be purpose. That one is settled. There must be purpose. You see, time is, is not a luxury that anyone has, you know, unless you're, you know, you, you're an immortal, which, which we're not, you know. Um, it, time is limited. You know, it's a commodity that, that has to be used wisely. You know, so God has allowed us to enter the year of 2022, you know, and to, to live out these 12 months what are you going to do with these 12 months that God has blessed you with? Are you just going to, okay, whatever it is, you know, whatever will be, will be. Let me just do me. I'm not a rapper. but <laughs> <laughs> That was a bar, though. Yeah, you know, but, I mean, you, you um, that's, that's not the way that, that, that God intended for us to live. If you look at anyone who was somebody in the scriptures, God always gave them a vision. God always gave them purpose, you know, and, and when they took that vision, they were able to run with it. You know, you look at the life of David. He was anointed as a kid to be king, you know, and so, and, and, even, and even in that, God allowed him to experience some, some things here as he was tending to the sheep. He defeated a lion. He defeated a bear. These things were preparing him for his future as he was going to become king. You know, it was a long process, but he had that vision from childhood. And because of that, it helped direct him. It steered, that, that course was a long course, but every step of the way, whether it was going through the wilderness with his gang of men and, and you know, running from, from Saul or whatever the case is, it was still, he was still on track for that purpose. But if you have no vision, I mean, people, what does the Bible say? You cast off restraints. You just do whatever. You're wasting time. If you're wasting, give that time to someone else who will use it, you know? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So something I've learned recently is that God gave us the responsibility or delegated us with the responsibility of planning. Um, so Proverbs 16.1, both in NKJV and NLT says, the preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Um, and in NLT, it says, we can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. And from what I learned from that is that when we plan, we plan with an open hand, right? We don't plan like holding on to like, if this plan doesn't work, that's it. No, we plan as we're dialoguing with God as we're planning. And in Proverbs 16.3, it says, commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. And throughout Proverbs, you see that um, as Chipuzo said, even throughout the word, you see that God gives his people vision, but he also gives us the responsibility to plan 
And, and, and in addition, we're talking to God. The, the responsibility of carrying out that plan is not only up to us. It's like we're talking with God and he's showing us, he's directing us, he's guiding us in how to carry out the plans. He's introducing us to people. He's opening doors. He's closing doors. So there is, there's, like I said earlier, there's a level of intentionality that's required for every person. You need to have a vision. You can't just do me. You can't just live in vibes. You're a purposeful person, so we must live on purpose. Yep. So you, the question was, uh, should we have vision? Absolutely, we should have vision. God himself had vision. And um, by the time Jesus was born, he knew exactly what he was here to do, to save the world, right? And when he created the earth, he did one one day, and then the second day, the third day, and then boom. It was all, you know, a format. Right. So we should learn from that. A lot of things that we see in the world today is modeled based on vision. Mm. If you don't have any vision, that means like Brother was said, whatever goes right. Wherever the wind blows, that's where you go, because you had no plans to begin with. You wake up in the morning before you wake up and didn't have plan for that day. Guess what? Any friend that drives by, oh, you home? Oh, let's go party. Most likely you end up in the wrong place because you are always available because you had no plan. The plan also, you know, it could be interpreted as a vision. You have to have a vision. Now, think about it this way, right? A lot of the things that we see in the world today is modeled based on what God did. Imagine if you go to the airport and the planes that had no destination. So that means they're just flying all over the place and picking up passengers. There's no vision, right? So you have to have a destination. That is where your end point is. That is your ultimate uh, vision, where you are headed, right? Have it pictured, right? And once you set that emotion, you start visualizing it, and that's how it is going to go because now you're conscious of it, and eventually you're going to get there. Praise the Lord. Awesome, awesome. Wow. This is really awesome, honestly. Um, Just to recap, So we've talked about some really great wisdom keys um, that that God has, you know, just enabled us to understand these things. But I just want to also just piggyback and give us this one point before we close out. Uh, We have all these plans, but God is really the one that gives us the ability to do these things. And um, I'm just going to share from John chapter 15, verses 4 and 5. So this was a scripture that God gave me at the end of last year. And it says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit, for otherwise, apart from me, that is cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Amen. So uh, what, this, what I came to understand from this scripture is that 
everything we're doing really is by the grace of God. Even just, even just being able to sit down, being able to move my hands, everything is really enabled by God. So um, how does a branch remain on the vine? The vine is like this, the branch is like that. The branch really can't do anything at all without the vine. All the nutrients are coming from the root, from the soil, and it's going right to the vine, and it's being produced to the, to the branches, right? So without the vine, the branches can't do anything at all. And that's the same way we are um, when it comes to us as Christians, you know, in our faith too. So how do we attach to the vine? You know, we, we, we see the branches attached to the vine. How do we attach to the vine? Um, the way we attach to the vine, the way, the way I came to understand it is that we attach to the vine by our faith. Understanding that Christ is the one that lives in us, that gives us the ability to do things, to do what we need to do. Um, the things that are in his will for us, and he gives us that ability. We can do all things. He gives us strength and ability to do them. And even in verse 7, it then says, if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. That is, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart. So it, he points out the importance of his message living in your heart because um, the Bible says that two can't walk together unless they agree. So if Jesus is saying one thing, oh, you can do it. You know, if Jesus told me I could lift up this mic, but I don't believe I can. His message is not living in my heart because I haven't believed that I can. So I won't. I won't do it. But the moment he says that I can lift up this mic and that message lives in my heart and I'm like, you know what? I can't lift up this mic. I'm going to do it. So that's, um, that's one key way to be fruitful in this year. Um, just remain in the vine. Remain in him and he gives us the ability. So we're wrapping up and we just, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody. Thank you. Thank you for everything you've shared to us tonight, um, just give them a give give them a round of applause, please. Okay. If you're at home, also give a round of applause. I can see you. You know, all right.